Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac, what's up, man? How you doing, man? What's going on? Hey, what's up, Doctor? I'm doing well, man. Uh, ready to talk some football, talk sports in general, man. It's a lot going on, and uh, hopefully we cover most of it. Yeah, no doubt, man. You know, big news, man, right before we uh, I, ca- I catch up with you, man. Uh, now, we're recording this on a Wednesday morning. The uh, NFL not supposed to release the schedules until Wednesday night, so we won't get the whole schedule. But we do know that our Rams, man, opening up the 2021-22 football season on Sunday night football, September 12th, against the Chicago Bears, man, and it's going to be at SoFi Stadium, and. Fans will be in attendance in SoFi for the first time, man. And that's the way you want to start. But that means we are prime time, man. We get to open up week one, Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears, a team we beat the hell out of last season. But pretty big, pretty big deal, bro. And it's exciting as well. Exciting. And it's pretty, it's huge. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting phone calls from the relatives that live in Rockford, Illinois, uh, so I'm sure that's going to get started and, and, and the trash talk, talking will commence. But, uh, yeah, just a huge game for us to open up with. Um, the Chicago Bears are going through a lot of changes, uh, particularly at the quarterback position. Uh, they, they, they're bringing in uh, – what's, what's the quarterback's name they got now from, from man, the Cowboys? Uh, what's what's the, uh, Dalton? <laughs> the man. redhead. Yeah, Dalton. Andy, the redhead and uh, renegade. Andy Dalton. So, so you know, I, I feel like goal number one, for the Los Angeles Rams defense is to force uh, Andy Dalton out of the game and, and pull out that brand new shiny car that is Fields from the Ohio State University, the rookie, the 11th overall pick, and just see what he can do. So uh, if that happens, Doc, it feels like we're having a good night. But just just knowing the the opponent that you, you're going to face uh, and when you're going to face them, where you're going to face them, now everyone can start to focus their attention on the Chicago Bears and and uh, what can beat because they do have a very formidable defense with some uh, future Hall of Fame players on on that defense. So uh, just knowing who you got right now, you can start the preparation and the preparation for that game, that Sunday night games begins right now. 
Hey, I'm one of those, man. You're talking about force Andy Dalton out the game so we can see what Justin Fields can do. No, I know what Andy Dalton can do. I kind of want him to stay in the game because he's some trash. He about as bad as – no, he's a little bit better than Mitchell Trubisky, man. But, uh, hell, I, I like what he can and what he can't do, man, and I like our defense going up against Andy Dalton. But, anyway, I just like this matchup, man, opening up Sunday Night Football. They're putting us on prime time, which means, you know, they're expecting some good things and some great things. Uh from our L.A. Rams because, you know, not only that from what we did this past season and we got some marquee names and some big superstar names on the squad, but some it, it has something to do with some of the big changes we made this offense, man, and bringing in Matthew Stafford and uh, Deshaun Jackson and, and talking about that, man, with the offense. Now, we knew going into this offseason our Rams needed to improve the kind of make some upgrades to the offense because we needed to upgrade the quarterback position, which we did, and we needed to get somebody that can take the top off the defense, uh, which we did as far as the wide receiver is concerned. Now, I still don't like the fact that we didn't really didn't address the offensive line uh, in the draft. But, you know, the Rams, you know, they say, you know, uh, uh, Sean McVay and, and Les Snead say, you know, they're pretty optimistic, man, about – and they feel pretty good where the offense is. Now, we do have eight starters coming back on offense, but at the same time, we still needed to solidify the offensive line. But, hey, Sean McVay, man, and Les Snead say they're good, man, where the offense is, and I know we've talked about it several times, and I'm pretty sure you know uh, you're pretty good, too, where the offense is, man, because it is a lot expected of us, and it is a lot expected of Matthew Stafford. Not everybody's going to be looking at Matthew and the son to see how this offense gets ready now. Well, when you don't address the offensive line, those guys up front via uh, free agency or via the draft, that pretty much lets you know that, you know, the upper brass is pretty, pretty comfortable where we are. I mean, we still have this, you know, this one opportunity left, you know, uh, after June 1st via cap, uh, camp casual cap casualties that may become available. So, you know, maybe we address it that way, bring some guys in that probably lose their jobs in other places and just plug these guys in and play. Uh, you're always looking to upgrade, but at the same time, we, we, we must be pretty comfortable where we are as far as the offensive line is concerned. And I'm uh, just going to coach up the guys that we have. Now, as, as far as uh, the guys on the perimeter, we made that, adju- we made that adjustment, Doc, uh, bringing in Jackson, bringing, bringing in, drafting the 2-2 Atwell, adding him to the fold and a guy that can actually throw it down deep and probably wants to throw it deep. And Matthew Stafford, man, just, just having him in control and being uh, in that leadership position on that offense. So, and you got to remember, we are a run first team. So everything that we, we do is based off that running game and making sure that we uh, take our shots based off what the running game is doing. So uh, we, we're definitely going to, going to feed those backs, make sure we're moving guys off the line of scrimmage with what we have up front play action fake and take it over the top. That's, that's the way I see it happening. And I have to agree with you. And, and, and going off what Sean McVay and Lesney said, they said they're really – their focus and their goal is to add more explosive plays to the offense for next season. Uh, and they feel like they've done that, as you said, by drafting Tutu Atwell in the second round and bringing Deshaun Jackson in and bringing Matthew Stafford on, who's someone who can get the ball downfield and actually get it to those guys. And we know we got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Tyler Hickman, man, Hickman running around. They can get some space in the middle of the field doing what they do. So, uh, you know, I still, you know, because as far as the undrafted free agents are concerned, man, you know, they still haven't really addressed 
the offensive line. And I'm, I'm just big on that, man. And I'm going up some of these undrafted free agents they just signed not too long ago, like right after the draft. I think they signed – let me see. I signed a couple of DBs, wide, a couple of wide receivers. Let me see. That's one offensive tackle, Larry Jackson from Iowa. Then Jordan Meredith from Western Kentucky. That's two. Uh, let me see. That's, that's it, man. Two, two offensive linemen, that, you know, undrafted free agents. Of course, they'll sign some more. Uh, going into camp, but once you go to sign and cast after that, man, they're not, they really not expected to do too much. But you know, we do have a lot of lot of talent coming back, a lot of big dogs coming back on offense and on defense. And we talked about Deshaun Jackson, we talk about Robert Woods now. But you know what, Isaac, Robert Woods gonna look a little different next year, man. Yeah, people might have to look and see what Robert Woods is because uh, he getting his jersey number changed, man. It's like the NFL has finally told offensive players, man, they can wear single digit numbers and. I wish they would have did it a long time ago. And you got a lot of cats taking advantage at taking advantage of that. Robert Woods being one, he's going to go from number seventeen to number two. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, who's been number ten or number eleven, he's going to number one. And Darius Williams, who was wearing my old number, St. Louis Ram number number thirty one, he's going uh, to number eleven now. But people don't understand, man. Jersey numbers mean a lot, man. It makes it, it puts. Cats in their comfort level, especially after they played a long time. Now, I was the one when I first got to the Rams. Damn, bro, you know, the number they gave me when I got to camp was 36, man. Jerome Bettis, I just left, man. And so I'm kind of big. So I never felt comfortable in 36, but I felt comfortable in the, with those checks. And I felt comfortable in practice trying to make the squad. But uh, I was glad when they finally gave me number 31 because when I got there, Brent Moss, the uh, running back from Wisconsin, had number 31, and I wasn't going to buy it yeah, because I ain't had that kind of money anyway. But just let the people know, man, how important it is, man, for people, for for cast for players to have the jersey number they want, they want because that does a lot for your psychological. From a psychological standpoint, it, it could be important if you allow it to be important. But you know, um, you know, when I got to the Rams, I, I didn't choose my number. Uh, it was a number that was given to me uh, after the great Henry Eller had wore it for so many years and and done some great things in it. But you know, just. I think what's happening now is that the NFL is going back to its beginnings. I mean, you think of some of the great uh, Hall of Fame players that that wore what we would call odd numbers at odd positions. You think you got to think about Dick Knight Train Lane. He played. He was a cornerback, and he wore, I believe, number eighty-one. Uh, if I'm if I'm mistaken, someone help me out with that. But you know, these numbers uh, are just going back to what the NFL or the league used to be prior to when you would specifically put a group of numbers for a specific position. So just letting the guys have the freedom to do it, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a long time coming. And it, it helps uh, with uh, the viewership, Doc, from a standpoint, just like fantasy football helps from a viewership standpoint. You don't have favorite teams, you have favorite players now. So now your favorite player is probably wearing his college number from what you remember him wearing, and it probably helps from that standpoint. And once again, when you change and switch these numbers, the the revenue goes up once again because all the fans have to go out and, and repurchase jerseys. They probably had the 21 that Adrian, uh, that uh, your boy Peterson from the Cardinals used to wear, and he's going back to number seven now in Minnesota. So, you know, they have to go out and get these jerseys now. So the revenue is going to be where the league wants it be. And, it, you know, it's all about being a cash cow, and the NFL is definitely a cash cow with another form of revenue to bring into the fold. 
And speaking of revenue, they're going to get some revenue from the players as well because all the Rams who are on the L.A. Rams squad and any other NFL players that are on those teams, if they decide to change numbers, they have to buy up all the other jerseys with their old numbers on it, man, as far as what the team already has. Like whatever whatever jersey numbers the Rams have in the, in, in, in the Rams store or whatever, all those number seven teams, they say, Robert Woods, you got to buy those, man then you can switch out the number two. So I don't know how many they got, man, but that can be a little expensive. But some guys do not mind paying that price, man, to get the number they want to be in. Now, I know it's a psychological thing, and I know, Isaac, you like, you know, I deal with everything. But come on, bro. Were you comfortable in number 88, man? Tell the truth. You go from St. Louis, number 80. Number 80 is legendary. You go from number 80 with the Rams, then you go to San Francisco and have to wear number 88. Bro, you didn't even look the same to me, man. So did you feel the same in the 88, bro? Tell the truth, man. I'm telling the truth, Doc. Man never made the money. Hey, hey, money never made the man. Man made the money, and man made the number. So any number you give me, I'm, I'm, I'm from the old school, Doc. It's, it's like this. You know, on Sundays when it's time to play, I will break you off for free, for nothing. You don't even have to pay me. You got to pay me to practice, man. I'm, I'm one of those type guys. So as far as the number is concerned, man, you, yo, you go slap on the number. If I had the opportunity to choose, of course, I'd choose the 80 over 88. But if the 88 is the only thing that's left and that, that I, I have to have one to be on the field to go out and show my skills and, and, and show my talent and participate in a game that I love, by all means, man, give me what I got to wear and, and watch me work. Watch me make you. that new number famous. What well, big facts, man? Well, I know when I got to St. Louis, man, I got to camp, man. I was looking at it. They gave me two, two, two options. It was like number 36 or like number 49 or something. I was like, man, give me that 36. I'm not putting that 49. I'm not knowing that all I was going to hear is, Bettis, 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 in Macomb at Western Illinois. I was like, come on, man. Y'all know that dude is not – that dude is in Pittsburgh now. Y'all know we ain't the same, man. So, you know, I feel you, bro. I feel you, but – and I, I want to let everybody know, you know, Isaac switched from number 80 to number 88. Now, you know, we went to the University of Memphis, and the University of Memphis got this Hall of Fame wall in the Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame. And I just so happened to walk in there one day. Now, of course, they, they, got, they got my brother they had, they got my brother prominently featured in there. But uh, Rams fans, I mean, guess what picture they had up, up of him? In his, in, a, in his number 88 San Francisco 49ers jersey. Bro, do you remember what I called and told you that? Blasphemous, man! That 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 should that just should not be, man. Oh, I went to, I went to done Bob. a little bit more homework to find. I, I know it's like oh, almost man. like they had gotten an intern, but I got to give it to them though. They did fix it because I immediately went to uh, Bob Wynn at the time. I said, Bob, hey man, they got Isaac in the number eighty-eight forty-nine is uh, a jersey up here, man. And he looked, he was like, oh, I don't know how that happened, and and give it to our alma mater. They fixed it immediately. Right away, but that was, bro. That that, that was absolutely <laughs> blasphemous. No, that, that, that's unacceptable, right there. I think Murray Armstrong would be firing somebody. Yeah, he found that out. Had he been yeah. around and saw that, you got dang right. And and, and Coach Armstrong, <laughs> this is special teams coach at Memphis that was there forever. That wouldn't even have the power to fire anybody who did it, but he damn sure would have tried. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He sure would have let him hear it. But oh, hey, man. real quick before we get out of here, speaking of firing, man, yeah. I, not well, not firing, but. Down in Florida, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, I ain't hating, but I am hating. Now, Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they got the new coach, Coach Urban Meyer. You know, uh, recently said, you know, they're going to sign Tim Tebow. Come play tight end. Position he's never played. 
and I don't think dude has played in the NFL in eight, nine years when he was trying to play quarterback, didn't make it. So now he's getting an opp- another opportunity to play tight end when I know there are a lot of tight ends out there that went undrafted. There are a lot better than him. Not only the ones who got one undrafted, but some who've been recently cut. Well, bro, this is, they say, man, the, 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 uh, uh, the world is all about who you know. Dog, if this not all about who you know move, man, I ain't hating on Tim Tebow, man, but ain't no way in the hell that dude should be getting signed to, to, to know Jacksonville. Not even to play quarterback, and that's his position, but to play tight end, Isaac. Come on, bro. Well, well doctor, here it is. I'm all about relationships as well. And uh, when it manifests with me being an NFL owner, uh, guess who's going to get a call? I'm going to call and see what Marcus Holiday is up to, man. You, you you feel like moving to this city or getting out of Memphis and doing something different? <laughs> I mean, you'll probably have to tell me no twice and then probably accept the third time. But here's the thing. You know, I expect miracles. And, I, and I'm expecting great changes, man. And then not only just in, in from a people standpoint, but also uh, from the wealth accumulation. I expect that transfer. I'm expecting that every day. And here's here's the thing. So Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer, I mean, it's like a father-son relationship there. So once our father starts to put us in positions where a lot of people have built empires and he removes that leadership and replaces that leadership and he comes knocking on your door, wake you up in a dream and just puts you in a place that's going to be a whole lot of persecution. Why in the world is Marcus Holliday the head of Viacom? Why in the world is Isaac <laughs> Bruce owning two NFL teams and he's not qualified? He hasn't been there. Why is this happening? I mean, so the questioning, the questioning is going to be there, Doc. So I don't want to – I'm not going to hate on that situation. I'm not going to hate on the relationship. I'm going to shine the light on the subject and the topic of relationship. I'm going to do that. And, and the topic of positioning, because being, a, being in a position of sonship is, being, is a lot greater than being a servant. So, 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 so therefore, I'm shining, I'm shining a light on it. Now, but here's the thing I'll say. Tight end? If I was going to bring him in, I, I, I said, I'll give you a shot at quarterback. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I won't get a whole lot of argument with it. I'll get some, some scrunchy faces. I'll get some, uh, uh, are you kidding me's? at the quarterback position, but tight end, tight end is a different animal. You have to block. You have to run down the middle. You have to have some fast twitch. You have to be able to run with some of these hybrid linebackers and block them on third down, Doc. It has to happen. But as far as giving the opportunity, he still has to earn his way on the team by proving that he can block, by proving that he can run down the middle of the field, be that separator and get attention going down the field and make catches <laughs> make, make catches in that fire zone where we call the middle of the field. So those things have to happen. Um, keep the light shining on the position and the supernatural transformations, man. <laughs> See, man, you just, had to, you just had to bring our father in this, man, so I can't say anything. Keep him in it. Yeah, I have to agree with everything you said, man, because he, is a, he, he is a miracle maker, but still. Yes, I know, sir. Father. I know what you're capable of, Father, but uh, I'm still hating on Tim Tebow. He shouldn't be getting an opportunity down in Jacksonville. But God, who am I to tell you how to do your job and what, what to do and what not to do? So Isaac just put me in my place. 
So I can't even come back and chop back and say anything else. You are correct, brother. You are correct. So, but anyway, man, is there anything else you would like to add, man, before we uh, wrap up this episode of Ramblings? Well, oh, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hey, bro. I remember, man, you know, when, you know, when your jacket, you got your Hall of Fame jacket. I wanted to mention this. You know, you ain't, you know, you ain't want to share anything. You know, you, they told you, look, man, Edgerman James wasn't studying, <laughs> bro. Hey, he had Uncle Luke. <laughs> he had Uncle Luke in there. He had a whole production crew because I know how good the how good the video was looking, and he did it in front of the young inner city football players. Man, yeah, that was such inspiration. Now you're an inspiration as well. But Edgerman James was like, you know what? To hell, hell with this. I got my locks. I'm wearing my locks. I'm gonna be the only one with locks up there, and I'm finna I'm finna show the whole world my gold jacket unveiling. Man, Ed was just like, you know, it is what it is, man. Hey, you know what? I, I try to be coachable, Doc, but when I saw the video. It was inspiring, man. He inspired me. Trust me, man. And just doing it where he did it in front of who he did it in front of, man, it, it says a whole lot because he's from that element. I'm from that element. And just having that opportunity, man, that goes down into the very midst of a child, young child, to, to dream big and watch what's, what's able to be, you know, accomplished through them. So, um, I'm happy for Edge, man. He's a great player, great running back, and even a better person, man. And uh, can't wait to can't wait to hear his speech, man. I, I think it's gonna be something that's bring everybody to the edge of their seat, impactful and influential in a monumental way. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to, man. When I saw that, I said, I see you, Edge James, man. And not only that, you're doing it in front of those young Royals, man, because them seeing people like us, yeah, who who used to be them. Yeah. Being on the stage and doing things, man. And not only they ain't just looking up to Edge because he's a football player, man, but that dude does does a lot in the community, just like you do a lot in the, you know, in your community in St. Louis and LA and, and, and down in, in, in Fort Lauderdale, Tatertown. It'd be more than just them being athletes, man. That's why I take my job and take my status here in Memphis. Uh so seriously, you know, as far as being a sports personality, TV personality, radio, podcast, because, you know, uh, uh, young, young, young royals that look like us, man, they get inspired. So Absolutely. we have a huge responsibility, man, not to mess up, you know, and always, you know, trying to live in righteousness and walk the right way and be that inspiration. So it was good to see Edgerman do that, man, down there in the FLA, man. That's your homeboy, man. Indeed, he is, man. And you know what? I still got my coat downstairs now. It ain't too late. Are you still getting it? I wasn't going to even ask you this week, bro. No, it ain't too late, man. I can still go make a video right quick and, you know, pop it out. But no, you know, it's it's what it is right now as far as that concern. But, man, yeah, it's it's great to see, uh, you know, my my Floridians who are going into the hall with me, uh, uh, Edrin, Steve Hutchinson. Uh, he's a local guy here, uh, went to the, the Brow. He's from Broward County, just like me. But it just shows you uh, the power and, 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 and the special abilities of these South Floridians, man. I'll, I'll throw this out, one thing right here. You know, the University of Alabama tied a record with six first-round draft picks that was set by the University of Miami, I believe, in, in the early 2000s with six first-round draft picks. Now, they did a stat about how many people were drafted from each state. I think Florida won it, followed by Ohio, followed by Broward County, which was third. Now, just picture that. <laughs> followed by Broward County, which is third. Had 12 people drafted from Broward County with more to come next year. So all the arguments that I have with the great Eric Dickinson, 
with uh with my presenter at the Hall of Fame, uh, my man Tony Wiley. He's from Texas. They're from Texas. All of that just flies out of the window, man, because I, t I, I constantly tell these guys that we constantly trump Texas because the wall that they build, they build up. They have these beautiful edifices and, and high school for high school football. Man, we run through those, man. When we when we go head to head, we run by y'all, man. You may be fast, but we good and fast. I, I I can't even I can't even I, I can't even uh, disagree with you on that man. That got some straight ballers in the FLA man. I, I normally would trash talk, but it ain't really nothing I can say. Now Memphis, we got some hoopers, but when, when it comes oh, to just athletes and every you know every sport, especially football, I don't know what the heck going on down there, man. <laughs> All them brews down there in Florida, man. But y'all y'all on it. Anything else you want to add, bro? Before we get out of here, bro? oh that's it, Doc. Fairly Heights. <laughs> Fairly High School, man. Quit calling us Fairly Heights, man. Fairly High School, Memphis, Tennessee, man. What you talking about, man? But anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of Ramblings. Oh, With the Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. Until next week, we out. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.